Hi, I'm Dominic. I haven't got a presentation. Um, I am the presentation. Um, and there's a reason for that, because um, I thought my approach is going to be slightly personal, more personal than I initially ante anticipated because of the journey that I have encountered, particularly in the last, well, let's talk about the 10 years. The 10 years is that I come from the mental health survivor movement. Um, I survived a racially motivated arson attack which became a murder investigation about uh, 1994. A young lady, young mother lost her life in London, inner city London. That kind of freaked me out a little bit because my thought, my perception of race relations in England suddenly became slightly altered and skewed somewhat. Uh, and coming from Southern Africa, because this is where I come from, I come from Zimbabwe, I was very particularly in tune with the aspects of race relations and where there's a bit of inequality where race relations are concerned. So I kind of clumped up and I coiled into myself for a number of years. And I relied primarily on uh, a lot of support from peers, some of whom are here today. Julie J. Charles, I've just seen you. We set up a group of survivors in my local area in Waltham Forest where we were supporting each other under the auspices of a survivor group, a user group it was called. The notion of leadership was something that was not apparent to us. Um, and there was a reason for that, I think, because if I asked where is the patient leader, and I think of the race that uh, Brenda was talking about, I realized that a lot of black people, particularly people from marginalized groups, we're not on the same starting line as everybody else. Because more often than not, we are more likely to be on the receiving end of the harsher end of services so the energy that I came onto the leadership program was very much about cynicism about the patient, the term patient. And trying to link, I, I connected with the term leadership because I, I have been in leadership positions in my post in my life before. I had a bit of a wobbly, shall I call it, a breakdown, some might call it. And as I was going along with my life and coming to terms with some of the traumatic experiences and the after effects of that, one of the challenges that I also then encountered was that I was encountering a physical health challenge, which became quite significant. Um, started off with um, symptoms of my eyes. Turns out that it's called something called myas myasthenia gravis, and that was a sign of a, of a major tumour that was in my chest. I suddenly had to go for major operation. For the first time in my life, I think, I felt ill. Now, there's a big difference between my experience of injustice and trauma back in 1994, which got pathologized by the mental health services, compared to where I was a couple of years, a couple, well, about 12, 10 months, 12 months ago, when suddenly I was told, we're going to have to rush, rush into surgery and open up your chest. And then the issues were the issues of, suddenly I started to understand the issues of access in a slightly different context. I mean, I'm short of breath. I mean, I, I'm sure you can feel, yeah, we kind of like a bit uh, breathless. And that that was something new to me. And I, my head is still processing things that I feel I can do physically, yet I actually can't. There's a lot of changes that are happening with my body that I, I, I can't square up with. And suddenly I've got to make my own adjustments about the way I manage my own time, the way I understand my world in, compared to, in comparison to the way I've been running, the way I ran my life as what I thought was getting into leadership positions over the Ten, first 10 years of working into in the health service economy. I wanted to specifically cite the fact that the starting line issue was quite interesting because I remember the Health and Social Care Advisory Services 
getting in contact with me and saying, I don't think we've ever had an African-Caribbean person on an independent homicide panel yet. Would you like to come and take part? And I said, well, if you feel I can contribute something. And we're talking about 2008, 2007. How can that be that people who have been on the receiving end of such harsh treatment for so many years have never been on the same sitting, on the same panel with the people that they the so-called look out, that look after them to try to give some form of advice. Uh, I sat with Robert Francis for the, that's what, that's what I met Robert Francis ironically. He was, he was the chair of the independent homicide panel. And I spoke to him about something that was very interesting for me. The fact that the man that we were make, having an inquiry about did not want to talk to the inquiry. He was not there. He was pre- absent. And I thought, I want to understand the man's cultural background. That's very important because there's a, there's a key component of what he experienced that was that was missing. We need to understand that. So in the absence of understanding that, I think the best next best thing that we tried to, and attempted to do was to try to unpack back then the culture that drove the man to do what he did, the NHS culture. And it was very interesting to see a few years down, months down the line, because Robert was just starting the Stafford inquiry at the time that we were working on the inquiry, that he, he, I think, I think did take on the aspect of thinking of the culture, the culture of an organization that enables people to end up being boxed in or hemmed in or behaving in a certain way because they're not looked after or given the right level of support sufficiently to the degree that they end up only when something significant, a serious and untoward incident happens, that people start waking up and smelling the coffee. We shouldn't have been there. We should have been at the same starting line and advising how people should be looked after from the fir- in the first place before incidents happen. And I, I can't believe that it's only now that we're starting to talk more positively about people like me, people like Brenda, getting into leadership roles. And I think I eagerly await what role we will have within the collaboration with NHS structures and the local authority structures and, and see what role people like us will have in order to bring our lived experience and some of the culture changes that we may propose. For example, peer support was much more important to me when I was in mental health services. The, 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 the support that I got from my peers was much more significant than that which I got from the clinicians that were working and looking, purportedly looking after me. I'm going to leave it on that note and kind of like end it there and um, hand it over to whoever. Thanks very much.